the three things about insurance that no one has probably ever shared with you. Hey, everybody, John Millen with Benefit Hackers. I'm really excited about this. I have been thinking about this topic, and I know it's insurance, and most of you are falling asleep now when I say the word. Don't do that. Hang with me because this is so important. Look at what you spend in your life on insurance, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, health insurance. This is a major area of expense for your family. I want you to just listen through this. This applies to anybody that has a job that's working that's an adult. And why is this important? Because I've been thinking about this this the three components of insurance that you never really hear people talk about. And insurance is so confusing. I was on a call this week and and the 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 thing the CEO said is the two things that they hate the most in life is insurance and benefits. And I said, I get it. And that's the two things I really love in life. So this is a good partnership. So let me go through the three things. There's three components of, of insurance. Now this is going to be a little different. And um, I'm a little animated. I'm excited. I know it's kind of crazy, but this is this is so cool, kind of how this all comes together. Okay. The three components is risk, peace of mind, and cost. Risk, peace of mind, and cost. Now, if you're sitting with me right now, I'm actually going to move my phone over and sit here at my desk in my, in my house. No one's up this morning yet, so this is really cool. It's really quiet. Okay. So if I was looking at you, I'm, hold, I'm holding up my, my two hands with fingers spread. And I want to think about, I want you to think about risk is my left hand. And it's a circle. And I, my right hand is held up and it's peace of mind. So you have risk and peace of mind. And it's these two circles. Insurance is based on these two components, either totally separate or most of the time they're intersected. So you ever seen a diagram of two circles and you bring them together in the middle, there's that shaded part that they, you see on PowerPoint slides. That middle section is the intersection of how much risk are you, are you thinking about and how much peace of mind do you need for insurance? Okay. And then the visual is the desk above below my hands is what we call cost the cost of something not the price and i'll get into this in a second this is so super important it's not price it's cost okay so what is risk risk is when things go bad when shit hits the fan right um what is the risk of that happening and insurance companies are all based for the most part around the risk of something. So for instance, the reason why life insurance companies can charge at seemingly low prices a life policy is because the risk that everyone dies in the same day is so low that they spread that out. And so insurance is about protecting risk for you, for your family, and it comes in different forms. So risk can be a very simple scenario is your cell phone. 10 years ago, nobody had insurance on their cell phone. At least I don't think so. I mean, maybe they did. Today, when you buy a $1,000 iPhone 12 Pro Max double whammy, whatever it's called, you're probably paying $5.95 a month for insurance. Because if you drop that sucker in the driveway and it shatters to pieces, you're like, oh my God, I got to go spend 1000 bucks again. It may be $40 a month. But it's still a thousand bucks. So risk is about protecting when bad things happen. That's all it is. When bad things happen, bad things happen for your health, your teeth, your eyes, your income, your life. Um, bad things happen to your cell phones, to pets. 
a car, home, a boat, motorcycle, Geico. You can go through the whole list. It's about protecting when bad things happen. That's the whole point. Now, the really important thing about insurance that I want you to understand, and this was taught to me years ago, this is so profound, is that insurance companies don't create insurance products and then go find customers to sell them to. They don't work like Apple. Apple creates an iPad and it's like, man, this is a new product. People are going to buy this. Insurance companies are scared. They're terrified. They're conservative. They don't want to lose money. They're built around the, that, that process of being very protective of the investments they make with our money. Now, is, is that 100% true? No. Is there, are there examples of insurance companies that have scammed people and, and not been built on solid ground? Yes. But I'm talking about the things that I, we deal in, medical, dental, vision, disability, life, cancer, pet insurance, all these different lines of coverage, okay? So just get that out of your head that for the, for the companies I'm talking about, it's based on there is a known risk in the marketplace and they have created products already in advance price them out based on what's called law of large numbers. You spread it out across a lot of people because not everyone gets in a car accident in the same day. So you can have car insurance and they come out with a product based on a risk that's already there. This is super important. They're not trying to sell you the insurance. I hear this a lot. Like we're not trying to sell you. We're trying to tell you about it. And it based on your risk, how much risk you want, you either buy or you don't like another example is, um, Pets, why is it that people take better care of their pets than they do themselves? And why is it that pet insurance all of a sudden seemingly out of nowhere is like, oh my God, it's everywhere. It's on TV. It's in my pet's vet's office. Pet insurance has been around in, in England for a long time. And 20 years ago, I would venture to say no one had pet insurance here, right? Now you have people that are willing to protect their pet in the event of a sickness or accident. Why? Because they would have a cat or a dog and something would go wrong. And this is the person that doesn't take care of themselves. And they get this pet, this cat or dog gets sickness, goes to the emergency vet, and they spend five grand to protect them. In some cases, $10,000 and more. So insurance is like, wait a minute, we can spend $25 a month and give you $10,000 of coverage because I have 6 million people willing to do that. That is risk. All right. It's logic. It's stats. It's probability. And so insurance is based a lot on what is the risk of something happening. The other thing I will say, you can't predict the future. So I see a lot of people doing analysis of what if like oh, i wonder what's let me think let me think about this next year do i have anything planned no let's talk about um health insurance for a second okay i've got three health, medical plans let me th let me see um yeah i think i think i'm good for this next year are you freaking kidding me you can't predict <laughs> your health in the next 12 months like if you think about that notion it's funny but it it, it goes on all the time i'm like okay you know, understand what, how insurance is. What's insurance? It's about protecting risk. You, sp you trade some money. You hand it to the insurance company. In return, you sign a contract, and they promise to pay you a set benefit. That's how it works. And so for us to try to predict, you know what? You know, I really, you know, yeah, I don't think I'm going to have any accidents this next year. My kids, no, they're going to be really safe. We're really careful. We eat really well. Yeah, we eat well, we exercise, so, you know, health insurance is kind of a waste of money for me. 
Have you ever seen anyone get in a car accident? Like they have 2% body fat and they get into a car accident? It doesn't have to do with your health. All right, so that's the risk piece. Okay, let me layer in peace of mind. What is peace of mind? Peace of mind is pure emotion, right? Risk, what is risk? Risk is a lot of logic and calculation and analysis and probability. What's peace of mind mean? Peace of mind means I just I just feel better when I have this insurance protection. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's not a logic. It's not an it's not a it's not a spreadsheet. And so this is fascinating to me and because we've been in the benefits industry in some form or fashion for almost 20 years. I've seen this so much. I'm going to give you an example. But peace of mind is, you know what? I just feel better having this coverage. I probably will never use it, but I just feel better. Now, when you say that to someone that's a statistician or a CFO or someone really logical, engineers, like I'm an engineer, so I can say this, like engineers will crunch the numbers like, that's just dumb. You're spending all this money. It's not based on money. It's not based on price. It's based on peace of mind. Here's a great example. This has happened so often, but one example. A couple of years ago, we did an enrollment for a manufacturing company. We're doing benefit counseling. They had three different medical plans. And to us as, as advisors, it didn't matter what plan they took. Like there was no bias. Um, doesn't always work that way, but in our scenario, we try to do that. So it doesn't matter. You know, we're here to help you. And we would sit down with people that were on the most expensive, richest medical plan on earth and spending a fortune out of their paycheck. And we talked to them and we realized, wait a minute, they have no underlying medical conditions. They're fairly healthy. They're really protecting against accidents, right? And, and maybe there's some sicknesses coming up, but they have all this excess coverage. And we're like, from a risk perspective, you need you should consider this plan or this plan, these two alternate plans, in some cases would save them five grand a year. Five thousand dollars a year. It was un- you had to do the math, like twenty-six pays times holy crap like it didn't wasn't jumping out on the pricing sheet the benefit sheet you had to do the math and they go oh my god yeah 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 we're like hey look you're gonna save six grand you have these other benefits you can purchase these supplemental plans to reduce some of the risk so let's take a thousand dollars whatever it worked out to be of the six thousand savings spend another spend thousand a thousand Protect your risk from the things that we think are most important to you, whatever that is for you, and you're still saving five grand a year. Hope this hope these numbers are making sense. They may be a little off, but you get my point. Spend a little bit back, a little bit of that savings back in. They go, yeah, yeah, we do it. Now we're there for a whole week. At the end of the week, employees would come back and sit with the advisor. Be like, okay, okay, guy, I, I need to meet with you again. I need, I changed my mind. I want to go back on the original plan. And we're like, okay. And we didn't realize it in the moment because at that point, we're like, no problem. You know, we're not there to convince you. We've, you've thought it out. You have the information. I'm, that's no problem. Make the change. What was happening there? To the bewilderment of anyone that was doing a medical analysis, they were like, that was dumb. But they forgot about peace of mind. That employee would rather spend more out of their paycheck just for peace of mind if something goes off track. The shit is the fan. I have a small copay. I have a if I go to the ER, it's a two fifty um, two fifty copay instead of twenty percent after deductible. On and on and on. If I need a high price medicine, it's a forty dollar copay versus twenty five percent of the cost. 
that decision was based mostly on peace of mind. I hope this is making sense because this is so important when you talk about benefits because when you talk to different people in an organization, now you might be the human resources manager and you're like, I get it. This is about coverage. And, or you may be the owner. You're like, why are they spending more money than they need to? Like they should just save it. Put it in your savings. Put it in your HSA account. That's you're, – you're talking about the risk side of the equation. You're not factoring in that person and how they feel about peace of mind. And in some cases, most of the cases, those intersect. Those two circles come together. And so it's a balance. And this balance is critical, especially today with people. Today's um, family unit is so different than just 10 years ago, right? It's so different than 20 years ago. I mean, even 30 years ago. Think about how much the family units have changed over time. And so that's why when people view benefits today, it's different than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And so that's why you see people wanting pet insurance. And now I've got to be honest, when I first, you know, I've been in benefits for a while. When I first started hearing about this, I'm like, this is a dumb, why would you waste your money? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. From a risk perspective, it was so, like, I didn't get it. And what I've come to learn is that there have been lots of people that have a dog or a cat that got really sick and they had spent 10 grand. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. That was, I'm going to spend 20 bucks a month for pet insurance to pay me 10 grand. And that was this combination of risk and peace of mind going through. Okay, so two components. That was really important. The underlying piece underneath this is cost. And I want to make a distinction. This is not price. Now, this is going to this is going to wig you out when you when I say this. Um, price is a myth. I'm not talking about the price. I'm talking about the cost. And you're like, John, it's the same freaking thing. It's not. Let me explain. <laughs> this is why it's so neat. I, so price. How much? Now, what people say is when you're doing benefits, how much does it cost? What's what's the rate? What's my per paycheck deduction, right? Those Those terms are thrown around, but... What is the amount on paper coming out of my paycheck? All right, why would I spend $45 a paycheck for this disability insurance? I don't get it. No, I, I pass. They're looking at the price. And I'm telling you, price is not the same as cost. And once you understand this, and you may have to listen to this again and again because this was not clear to me my entire life. Price is a myth. We see people coming in to benefit counseling and they put their phone on the desk and it's a brand new iPhone 12 Max Pro double whammy sidekick phone, whatever they're called now. And we talk to them about protecting their $5,000 a month income with a $17 per paycheck insurance product that would pay them five grand tax free if they can't work. And they say, I can't afford it. That's not a true statement. You can afford what you want to afford. You can, you can pay for what's important to you in the moment. People are spending $180 a month on their cable bill. So it's not about the price. Price is a myth. Price is based on what you're willing to trade. Cost is more important when it comes to insurance. Why? Because price, if I go to eat dinner at a restaurant, the price is the price, right? I pay $80 
for a two two person meal at Longhorn Steakhouse with one glass of wine each, an appetizer and dessert. It's eighty bucks. That was the price. Versus I go to Golden Corral and it's fifteen ninety five for the both the, both of us. That was the price. Cost is you know what food was healthier? Like if I keep going to Golden Corral for fifteen ninety five, and I'm only paying a little bit, what's the cost of me eating that crap food forever? Pretty bad. It's going to eventually catch up to me. That's a simple example. But for cost, there's a cost if you do and a cost if you don't. And cost is based on time. It's not based on moments. Hope this makes sense. I think I'm messing this up a little bit. For people, I'm not keeping it clear. But the cost of you, let's talk, let's take, um, let's take long-term care insurance. I'm trying to use different analysis. So let's use long-term care insurance. Would you agree that most people are going to get old over time? Yes. Would you agree that as you get older, you lose the ability to do certain things like bathe yourself, drive, um, dress yourself, whatever it is? Sure. And would you agree that people are living longer now than they did 30 years ago? Yes. Now, the quality of life may not be better. I'm not saying it's you know, we're just living longer because of medical advancements, but your quality of life may be going down after a certain point. But we're keeping people alive, so you're you're able to to still live, whatever it is. At some point, would you, we agree that we need someone to help us, someone to help care for us? So the choice is the cost if you do, the cost if you don't. The choice is I get older, I stay in my house. And I risk my life and everything else by just hanging in there by myself. That's a choice. Or I start getting older, I have issues, I move in with my family, which is for some generations, for some ethnic groups and some personalities, some families, that's expected. Some it's not. Like, no, no. Dad and mom, no, they're not living in with the kids because the kids have to live their own life. Some families are like, we're moving in with the kids because that's what my did, my mom did, my grandma and great-grandma, and that's just the way it's expected. That's fine. Some are like, you know what? I'm going to go into a facility. I'd like to go into a nice nursing home, assisted living. And some people are like, I'm going to let the government take care of me. I'm going to let Medicare pay for it. What they realize is Medicare is not paying for it. It's Medicaid, and that's a whole other topic. So the cost if you do buy long-term care insurance is what? $50 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month. I don't know. It's all over the place. My long-term care policy is like $40 a month. So when you talk about long-term care, this is what's be- this is what's amazing to me. Even for me, it took me the longest time to understand the need for long-term care insurance. It was the last benefit I bought for myself. Because I was like, I don't want, what if I don't need it? What if I pay for it and I never use it? That is the second most common response I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm probably gonna get old and probably gonna need some help. But what if, what if I just don't need to be put in a nursing home? Um, and I spend it and I don't need it. And my response is back to what I started with: risk. That's great. I hope you don't ever need it. Like, do you buy? Car insurance, hoping you're going to wreck it? Do you buy medical insurance, hoping you'll be in the hospital? Do you buy cell phone insurance because you just want a new phone and you want to go through that process of breaking your phone? The point of insurance is not to use it for the most people. That's about risk. 
But when you when shit hits the fan, you want the insurance to kick in and more than pay for what you've paid in. It's called shared risk, law of large numbers. It's how insurance companies work. So I hope I never use my long-term care insurance. That's my thought now. My thought in the past was, what if I don't use and I've wasted my money? I could be saving the money. Fine. 87% of families across the nation are living paycheck to paycheck. Fact. If you're a CEO, CFO, HR, owner, president, you may not have this problem. But you've got to face facts that 9 out of 10 employees and their families are dealing with so much financial stress and pressure. They don't have all this extra money to save. So cost if you do, cost if you don't. The cost if you do buy a long-term care insurance is 50 bucks a paycheck, $40. I don't know. It's all over the place because the, the number one reason people don't buy long-term is they say it's too expensive. The price, aka the price is too high. The price is too high. I can't afford it. Price is a myth. Price is a myth. You're paying more probably for your cable bill than you would for a small policy that's going to provide much more protection. So the cost, if you do, if you buy, it's going to be $30, $40 a paycheck. But then if you need it, it's going to have someone else take care of you when you need it the most. Maybe you don't need more income because you're 70, but you're going to need someone to take care of you. The cost if you don't. I don't pay, pay for the insurance. I save up my money. I build up my 401k. And if I ever need it, I'll just dip into that. That's true. That's the cost. If you don't have insurance, you will quickly find out that that money will not last very long. I mean, it doesn't take much research on Google at the average basic nursing home, not nursing home, like not top of the line, just nursing home is three, four grand a month. I mean, it doesn't take long to to wipe out your entire life savings. For care, not living, you're using that money to care for yourself, not not do other things. So you've got to compare this. Now, I just, I dig into long-term care board. I could do it um, with health insurance. You could do it with disability. You can do it with life insurance. You can do it with any type of insurance. The point is not to talk about any one particular coverage. It's to explain risk, peace of mind, and cost and that price is a myth if you really think about it people spend money on what they want to spend money for not suggesting that people go into debt or spend more than they can afford that's not what i'm saying at all because it's a reality we all face every single month when we pay our expenses and we we purchase things we do things i'm saying just as a teaching moment there's a cost if you do it now and there's a cost if you don't do it now and either is fine There's no wrong answer. I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to buy every single insurance plan in the marketplace. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that as I've learned over 20 years, these two components of risk and peace of mind and how they intersect, it has allowed me more freedom when talking to business owners or employees one-on-one and they struggle with this and they know they could save money by moving to that high deductible plan. And they struggle with it. And why are they struggling? Because the peace of mind is more important to them. And the more we understand how these components interact and how insurance works and the reason for insurance and that that you really, if you're going to buy insurance for whatever it is, I hope you don't use it. Like what insurance plan do you buy that you really hope you use? 
Do you hope you have use your help homeowners? No, I hope not. Your car insurance? No. Um, you hope to, when you buy pet insurance, you want your pet to get sick? No. What about disability? You want to be not able to work? Laid up on the couch for six months because you broke your leg? No. Um, life insurance is there. I hope, you know, I don't really want to use my life insurance. It, I, it will pay out when I, when I pass away because I have permanent insurance, term insurance as well. So insurance is not meant to be used. And here's one last example where insurances have used to be insurance and now they're more like savings plans. So this is going to be interesting. Vision insurance. No one ever went bankrupt from a vision bill. Vision is not really insurance. It, it kind of is, but it's more of a savings plan. If you think about it, you pay this money, $7 a month, and you get a $10 copay when you go to the, for the eye doctor and you get your little exam and you buy some glasses and you get $130 towards those glasses every other year and it's there and it helps you save some money. But it's not really insurance, but we call it vision insurance. Right. Dental, a little bit softer, but, you know, dental prices, you need like three, you need three root canals. That's not going to be a hundred bucks. That's going to be 15 grand. So a little bit different, but then you move into the more serious insurances. So in my mind, wrapping it up and thanks for hanging with me. If you're still with me, people ask me like, what's the most important insurance to buy? This comes up a lot with new companies that are launching benefits for the first time. Here's my take. Um, Health insurance, certainly, right? Medical insurance is a, is a major concern for, for most people. That's the first piece. That's the big nut you have to put in place. And I will say that when it comes to health insurance, you need to factor in risk and peace of mind because if you just throw in a high deductible plan, now sometimes that's all you can do. And I understand from a, from a financial standpoint, a company can only do that. And that's, that's fine. But if you throw that in, you need to throw in ways to protect the, the risk that you've introduced, which is supplemental benefits, right? These are voluntary plans that em- each employee can buy. You need to offset that. So health insurance. The second one is disability insurance. Not dental, not vision. To me, it's disability. Now, this goes counter against the whole culture because – Employees come to work and they go, what do you mean when I have vision insurance? I mean, I got disability, but I mean, I'm never going to use that. What about vision insurance? I want my discount on my eyeglasses. So it sounds odd for me to say it, but but <laughs> medical disability insurance, dental insurance, fine. It certainly is a core benefit. But then life insurance, right? Then you have vision. Um, I would read – if it was me, you know – and I had money to invest in my employees before I maybe subsidized a vision plan, I would probably subsidize a disability plan. That's just me, just because of the risk. It's like it's more damaging when people can't work. I hope this is helpful. Um, this was a little bit on my mind the last couple couple days, and I got up early, and, and, and I know this is a really long podcast, but I hope this helps give an idea of, of how insurance works. From my perspective, um, don't have all the answers, but we've talked to a lot of employees, well over 10,000 in 20 years. We do employee benefit counseling, one-to-one sessions. We do them all week long, all day long, use sometimes. And so um, we get this perspective from that, from talking to people, being independent, and just thinking outside the box. The whole part of benefit hackers is it's not just some cute saying or some cute logo, um, 
or not cute logo. It's about looking at breaking the status quo, hacking the system in a good way, finding like, why do we do it that way? Like, why is that? And then questioning and then, huh, everyone does it that way. Why is that? That makes no sense. Let's change that up. And that's part of what we do. And I hope this has been valuable. Thank you for listening. If we can ever help you, please let me know. Have a great day.